Welcome to the Lessons Learned Podcast, a podcast reflecting on the lessons we've learned and those we're still in the process of learning. I'm Komal, your host. I'm an interviewer, investor, and someone who has lived a lot of life in a short time. I built this podcast as a place for us to reflect, to be together, and to learn from one another. Let's get into it. Hey fam, welcome to episode 26 of the Lessons Learned podcast. I was sitting here at my desk and just trying to figure out what do I want to talk about today? I've been chewing on it for the last few days and then I just realized, hey, we are in, as everyone has been saying, and I'm so annoyed of hearing, but I'm about to say again, unprecedented times. And so I'm going to do whatever I want on this episode. And so let's just see where my stream of consciousness takes us. Um, But I have a feeling it's going to have to do with a couple of things because even my stream of consciousness likes to be organized. I mean, typical type A. Um, I want to start with talking about what it felt like to remember the insecurity I felt in my childhood home and how safety wasn't always guaranteed when I was younger. Um, And not just physical safety. Physically, I was always safe in a home, a roof over my head. Physical abuse was not something I was often subjected to, but emotionally and um, witness to different forms of abuse living in an alcoholic household. And so I want to dive into the thoughts that I had about being a child in a home or, or being someone who lives in a space where they don't necessarily feel safe during a pandemic. Um, So there's insecurity in the world and then insecurity in your home. What do you hold on to? I want to talk through that. And then I want to dive into the things in my days right now that are giving me joy and how I have gone about fully planning my days and what is helping me feel really good. Because to be honest, I feel so good right now. I have moments where I cry. Like last night I cried because I realized, oh, hey, I'm not going to be see, be able to see my parents for a long time. And they live halfway across the country. And I said to Mitch, if we need to, we're going to drive across the country, sleep in our car, whatever we're going to have to do so I can see my parents at some point this year. <laughs> um, so I just want to talk about the routines that I'm really latching on to that have helped serve me this last few weeks. I want to talk about um, some good points of joy. And then I also want to talk about how I just went viral on TikTok. <laughs> like what for doing the splits so we're gonna round out with a conversation about self-care and going viral on tiktok but let's start at the top i was really first i will actually rewind i heard jay shetty say something very powerful on the red table talk a few weeks ago and what he said was this is a time where we have to choose the pain that we take on we're going through enough as it is as individuals So we need to be thoughtful and mindful of who else's pain we are capable of holding right now. And I realized very quickly that I needed to really focus on me and myself. And I had the privilege to because I don't have kids. We have a very like good dynamic in our household. There wasn't a lot that was taking me away from just focusing on being well in my own body, my own mind. And so I realized I can't be consuming the news that it w- the way that I was. I'm an empath. So when I think of the lived experiences of others and the pain that they've gone through, 
I tend to put myself in their shoes and walk through it in my mind. And I know that right now that's also unhealthy and not helping or serving folks that I'm thinking about or myself. And so I've had to be very thoughtful about whose pain I'm taking on and whose pain uh, and how I'm honoring my own pain. So just giving you permission as you listen to this to be thoughtful of that for yourself as well. What pain are you taking on that's yours and that needs to be taken on by you? And what pain are you taking on that you don't necessarily have to be taking on? Because right now our nervous systems are very sensitive. They are very temperamental. They require as much calm as we can find in our days, as much sleep, as much rest. Uh, There's a lot of change happening. And in coming through a lot of trauma the last however many years, three, four years that I was sick and then in recovery, sick and then in recovery, what I learned was that giving myself grace in these periods of time, letting things happen more slowly, more organically, and decoupling, as we've talked about time and again, my productivity from my self-worth and the outputs of the amount of activities or things that I'm doing from my self-worth has served me so well to be grounded and rooted in what's happening right now. So this is the permission you need to start evaluating what pain is yours that you're taking on, what pain is it that you need to honor of your own, and to just really lean into knowing what you need and what you don't so that your nervous system can calibrate and figure out its new normal and figure out what it needs and what it can do without. So that being said, when I went down this rabbit hole the other night, I was writing and trying to sleep and then writing again and trying to sleep. Sometimes I can get stuck and overwhelmed in how much privilege I have in my life right now. I have a safe home, a loving husband, a father-in-law who's wonderful, our cousin who lives with us who is wonderful. We have a nice family dynamic. We play cards on Fridays. We play Monopoly Deal. That's our game night on Fridays. Nathan, our cousin, is an incredible cook, so he takes on a lot of the the cooking in the house. I do logistics like groceries and all of that. Mitch, you know, helps with so much around the house. So does Papa Joe. So we, we have a nice dynamic, and I'm like, shit, like, this is really nice right now. And then I, there can be a sense of guilt that comes up about things being good right now. And then I remember, and it's not to say that my privileges right now aren't real. They are. I, I acknowledge and know the privilege I live in. A lot of us have so much privilege right now, even the privilege to work from home, to pivot my company. There's so much that I know I am lucky for. And so I want to honor that while I, while I go into this. But I also recognize that my life is the way that it is now because of so many conscious choices I made in the last 20 years of my life. So growing up, as I shared, our household wasn't calm. It wasn't, there was moments of calm, but there was majority chaos That's what happens when you have an alcoholic or an addict in your household. And you never really know what you're going to get from day to day. And you don't know when you're going to need to hide in your room. You don't know when you're going to need to lock the door. 
You don't know when you're going to need to protect an adult in the house. There's so much uncertainty. And when I talk about the nervous system and the calm that we look for earlier, a couple minutes ago, I can tune into the visceral fear and angst and scariness that was parts of my childhood and big chunks of my childhood. And so, yeah, for those of you who might be in unsafe situations or know folks who are in unsafe situations, don't let your hope die right now. It probably feels suffocating. It probably feels physically painful, unsafe, crippling, um, And this also extends to our mental health for those of us who really struggle with depression or the demons in our minds. Hold on to hope. Hold on to hope that things can be different, that your life outside of this pandemic and outside of the circumstances that you are in right now can be different. Because I know it can. Right now, it's hard. Right now, you need to find solace within yourself. You need to find escape in yourself. You need to find that little nook in your brain that you can retreat back to, to hold on to, to savor in, to revel in the joy and the hope that you still have within you. And nestle into that hope and really know that there is another side to this period of time and that this too is going to pass. And that I can't even like say, you know, the positive affirmations of you're so strong, you can make it through this, whatever, like abuse, neglect, all those things. Like there's no rationalization for any of that. But just know that I see you. I feel for you. Those of us who are listening, who know folks who might be in these situations or who might have had childhoods like this or situations now like this, like we are with you. We are in this together. And there is another side to this because when I look at the deliberate choices I've made throughout my life, my choice in life partner, my choice in where I went to university, my choice in how I worked to be valedictorian in high school and worked my ass off so that I could have every opportunity available to me to make the life that I wanted. And again, privilege. My parents paid for university. My, pa- my mom was very adamant about education for me in middle school and high school, but I was failing fourth grade. Like These are choices I've had to make throughout my life so that I could become the person that I am today and have the life that I have today. And so through your deliberate choices to stay hopeful right now, you will find your other side. You will find your version of good in your life. It's coming. I know it is. And just know that there is a community of people around you who you don't even know who are sending all of their love and energy your way. We can make it through the hard. We can do hard things. And you're not alone, regardless of how alone you might feel. So I think of little Coco. That's my nickname that my family has for me and my cousins and my brother and the kids in my household who grew up in that insecurity and that intensity and 
the emotional abuse, the physical abuse, the chaos. And I feel for them. I feel for those who might have similar experiences. And we hold space for them together. So that's something I just wanted to reflect on on the open of the show is hold on to that hope. Hold on to that which will get you through because you can choose and build an even greater life for yourself as you move through the circumstances of your life. What gives me hope right now is the plans that I've been able to start organizing my brain around. To be honest, I haven't really given myself, I haven't, I haven't felt called to the stay in bed days, the binge Netflix all day days. We have created a routine that allows for pockets of all of those things every day. So we watched all eight Harry Potters in the last like 12 days. So that was like our evening come together. We sit, we watch this thing. We're all committed and invested. Um, And we make sort of an event out of it every night. We're looking forward to watching Harry Potter together. And then the day always starts with, for me, my wake up. I don't pick up my phone, meditation, journaling, and then movement of some sort, whether it's a walk uh, outside, if like we have access to the outdoors, or if it's a bodyweight workout, or, you know, I just move my body. And then I start my workday. And then after my workday is done, fortunately, Mitch and I finish around the same time. And then we have dinner together. We all hang out as a family. And then it's movie time. And truly having that daily routine has been a game changer because something there's something I can latch onto. There's something I can control. And that's what is helping me right now is having a sense of what I can control and implementing those things like drinking three liters of water a day tracking my food intake on my fitness pal and moving like those are anchors for me that give me hope right now is just having a plan of action for every day having a consistent wake-up time as much as I can my biggest pain point right now is sleep I'm really struggling to fall asleep even with moving my body even with trying to like spraying magnesium on my body Um, my brain just goes and so I'm trying to figure that out right now and, and, and clean up my sleep hygiene by putting my phone away bef- earlier in the night. Um, but I'm working on that. So stay tuned on how that progresses. But this anchoring, because part of my experience with the grieving process is the emotions come in waves. And we can lean into those waves when they show up and honor them and be fully with them. And on the other, like that grieving is a constant. It's the waves that go in and out. We know it's going to come here and there. It's going to feel uncomfortable, but the grief can still happen with a routine around it. Just because you're in a routine or just because you're committed to um, processes or uh, habits in your everyday doesn't mean the grief doesn't get attention. It means you still have a process or a next thing to go to while the shit hits your heart and while things feel hard. So yesterday, for example, during my work hours, I just had this catharsis about my parents and it was like, I can't believe I'm not going to see them for this long. And it's just not normal for us. Like I normally go every few months 
three to four months to see them. But now we're going on to four months right now. And I was supposed to see them at the end of April. And that's not going to happen. So I let that wave of grief hit. And I was still in my office, still feeling like I was in the flow of my day. But I made space for the grief as it came up, for the pain as it came up, for the emotions as it came up. And then as that moved through me and I fully felt it, I could go on to the next thing in my day, in my schedule. And so the hope for me has come from schedule and routine. And if this needs to be your little pocket of the internet where we talk about schedule and routine, I will 100% reinforce that week after week because that is what's helping me feel anchored and good through this very, very strange time. So what is making me hopeful is also taking the time to plan the future. While the future might feel uncertain, what we know for certain is that we are going to be in this sort of twilight zone reality of self-isolation for probably a few months. So I'm wrapping my brain around like three to four months of this being normal. And so within that three to four months, now that for me a lot of the dust has settled with making changes in the business plan, letting certain parts of the contractors go that I was working with, um, canceling the tour, figuring out how we're going to wrap that up so that we have all the assets and everything we need to go next year when we do do the tour or whenever that that future tour is going to happen. Now I get to lean into what now? And yes, that can feel so daunting. But for me, there were secondary plans on the back burner that were digital and virtual plans for the company, for workshops I want to do, for digital events I want to host, a digital event series that I now get to make space for. So as I am reorganizing my brain, my day, my time, I'm also making space to play and dream again. And who doesn't love to be in a dreaming space or dreaming process more than me? The lady who made the produced the film called Dream Girl, the lady who puts out um, annual planning tools every end of the year, every November and December. So when you're looking at diving into your plans right now, the biggest thing that helps me is just the brain dump, is writing out everything that's top of mind for you that you feel like you're about to erupt from. And sometimes that can be the hardest part. For example, when I was thinking of this final list of deliverables that Kim, uh, who is the tour manager, is going to give me to wrap our contract on the tour, I needed to take like a week of not writing anything, of just like chewing on it in the back of my, my mind subconsciously before I could sit down and write out the list of deliverables and everything that I need for this tour to feel fully wrapped and for me to feel like, I have value in the assets I have now so that when we execute next year, we can do it well. But it took me a week of avoiding it, which a lot of people would call procrastination. But what I've come to realize is the idea wasn't ready to be put on paper. So if you're feeling like you're in a state of extended procrastination, it might just actually be that it's not yet time to do that specific work, write that specific thing, or brain dump that specific item. And the more gentle I've learned to become with myself when it comes to these behaviors, the more effective I am when the inspiration or like the time does come for that 
brain dump or for that work to be completed or for that writing to happen. And it just happens so much faster. And I just offer that to you as well as just the brain dump is so key right now in order for you to feel like you have control over your next right step. And I'm still working on like formally doing my brain dump. I feel like I've been doing it piecemeal. But what I'm going to walk myself through is uh, my own version of my what's next planning. And then I'm going to offer it to you guys in a workshop in a couple of weeks time. So stay tuned for that. But so after this brain dump comes the organizing. And the way that I do it is I just prioritize or I categorize what's in the brain dump into like similar buckets. And then I prioritize them with numbers of like one, two, three, four, five, six of like these are the priorities in order of priority. And then I pick the top two and it's like these, this is what I'm focusing on moving forward. How do I turn these two items or these two buckets into digestible things that I can do that I can put into my calendar as like this is actually how this is going to go from idea to reality. And I'm not going to fully walk you through that process right now because the workshop will be where we go more in depth in it. But in terms of planning those next right steps, it really comes back to giving yourself this space to breathe and then taking the time you need to release all the ideas, all the thoughts, all of the things onto paper, and then organizing those things into cohesive next steps. And then you have a blueprint, you have an action plan, and you have something to follow in these three to four months that this might be our new reality. And yes, again, like last week's conversation around grieving lost plans, there's going to be a lot of hard and a lot of emotional reconciling that's going to have to happen as you walk through the truth of having to let certain parts of your businesses or your life or your past reality or what normal used to be like when you let that go. But it's within the routines that you're going to have every day that you're going to let the breakdowns happen, that you're going to have the truthiness come forward, that you're going to make space to feel what you're feeling. And then you're still going to have that next thing in your calendar for you to do so that you don't feel lost, so that you don't go into that spiral, the shame spiral the spiral of feeling completely lost and out of control. What I can control, water consumption, my day-to-day calendar, my workouts, and my mindset. And that has been an anchor for me too, is continuing my work with my therapist digitally and continuing to work with my coach digitally. And again, this has been a long process of me finding the right healthcare professionals and coach to work with. Um, But I knew for sure these were things I couldn't release or let go of in my day to day. Like they are anchors in keeping me sane, grounded, happy and healthy right now. And if you don't have yet a therapist um, or a coach, there's so many resources online for you to check out to find the right person who works for you. My friend Sahaj Kohli, she runs Brown Girl Therapy, which is an Instagram account that collects resources for women of color, uh, children of immigrants, specifically South Asian women who are looking for therapists or counselors. So check it out if you're seeking. And there's so many other options and platforms available for you to look. But this is me giving you permission and encouraging you to find the right counselor therapist for you 
and to make space for that in your day to day right now and to do it virtually because honestly virtually works so well for me because I'm in my safe space in my home. Some people do it in their cars now that they're now that they're working from home. Um, but still continuing to make the space and time to maintain positive mental health and well-being. And guys, like I've shared that my childhood was hard. <laughs> it was still loving, but it was hard. Like the reason I'm so militant about these things now is because I came from the exact opposite. Um, chaos and then in my illnesses, just feeling out of control, being unwell, physically weak, um, having my whole life blow up, like having to start a career from scratch. Like these are the things I've come back from. And now that there's a global pandemic happening, I feel okay. And the reason I feel okay is because of my daily habits. It is that simple. And because I'm taking care of my mental health with professionals who are there to help me do it. And that's like the biggest knowledge I could possibly impart right now. Resilience is based on experience and your ability to come back from hard shit. But how healthily you help yourself come back from hard shit is so vital in the process of rising and rising well and sustainably and just having a good, happy, healthy, positive life. I think I forgot how intentionally I've created the life that we have. And Mitch is like critical in that because he is literally the jolly giant who has helped me understand the value of joy and happiness during this time. So I think that's a perfect segue then into going viral on TikTok. <laughs> like what? What happened? I... <sighs> It's so surreal because as creators, we work our whole lives to create content and things that resonate with people, to hit an inflection point, to hit a nerve when it comes to like what we're making so that we can scale our impact. I did not expect, although now looking back, I understand why it happened this way, that me doing the splits or a split, there's a conversation and debate happening in the comments of, of the TikTok video about is it the splits or a split whatever um I didn't expect that to be what caused me to go viral um but here we are and I'm approaching I think 12,000 followers on TikTok which is now more than what I have on Instagram and the audience that we have now is just growing which is incredible and it's so wonderful too because uh, doing the splits video has actually attracted my key audience to me on TikTok, which are, are young women who are focused on self-improvement and, and being better themselves. And it's just so surreal to think about. But that moment, so I am a new TikToker, as most millennials over 30 people, humans are. And I was doing, just scrolling and Mitch and I decided we're going to start making some videos because we are very silly together and TikTok's obviously like a platform that values humor and levity and, and positivity. And so we started making videos. And as I was scrolling one day or a couple of days, I saw this one video about the perfect top bun, which for those of you watching on YouTube, I have employed said um, learning to make today's top bun happen. And now it's like my like go-to quarantine hairdo. And then 
I watched that video and learned how to do that. And then I saw this video about how to do the splits in three days by this girl, Maddie Koch, woman, young person. I usually don't refer to people as girls, but she is actually like 12 or 13 years old, I believe. Um, And I just watched it. And at the time I was having like really painful uh, joint pain in my knee. And it had been happening for like three months. And it was starting to resolve, which it's funny that like slowing down my physical pace because of COVID and because of quarantine, like has allowed my body to relax quite a bit. So my knee has actually like healed itself quite a bit. But I knew that if I could do the splits with the four stretches that she was showing, that my knee would be happier because the muscles around it would be elongated and less tight. So I committed just quietly to myself, didn't even tell Mitch, didn't tell anybody. I just added the stretches after my daily workouts. And then one day passed by and I am like average, I'm slightly more flexible than your average person. I've always been able to touch my toes, but my knees and my hips have been like not functioning like fully well. Like they've been so tight for the last couple of years. So I couldn't, I've never done the splits before. This is the first time in my life, which a lot of people are like, you must've been able to do it before. No, I've never done the splits before. And so over those three days, I just felt things loosening up. And I was like, oh, this is the power of consistency. Our joints, our body is very receptive when we take care of it consistently over time. And I know this, and that's why committing to the splits, it was like a no brainer because I was like, this is gonna help my knee. And two days pass, three days pass, Mitch comes into the gym after I'm done my workout and I'm doing these stretches and I'm like, babe, look, I can do the splits. And he's like, what? It's like, how did that happen? I was like, I don't know, but do you mind taking a video? And we just quickly recorded that video once and then we did it again. And then I didn't think about it for the rest of the day. And then I posted it that night, but then I looked and I had accidentally posted it with the wrong hashtag. So on uh, TikTok, the For You page is like your main home feed. And if you tag FYP or For You or For You page, it hits that algorithm. And it's a very... um it's a very oversaturated algorithm, but I had accidentally, my phone auto-corrected FYP to FTP. And so I took down that video and reposted it and then went to bed and thought nothing of it. And I woke up the next morning and it was getting a little bit of traction, didn't think anything of it. And then partway through the day, Mitch came in and said, it has 30,000 views, like, or 20,000 views. And I was like, what? This is crazy. And then thus began the growth of the video. And it might seem so trivial, to like be on TikTok, especially we are a lot of my listeners, you are all millennials or older or on the higher end of the Gen Z vibe. But it's really powerful because like the average age demo on TikTok is like 15 to 24. And if we think about who we wished we were looking up to or who we had as influences when we were that age, I really wish I had more examples of women who were committed to their self-improvement, their overall well-being and health, their mental health and well-being, and who were positive examples in the world of what we can do if we harness our potential in a meaningful way. And so this feels like such a beautiful opportunity that I want to navigate how to best serve this new audience and how to create content that can help young people and you know more millennials on the platform who can just help people 
feel better in their own skin and their own vibe and just believe in themselves that much more or commit to habits that are going to make them feel great. And what better video to demonstrate that than me focusing on self-improvement by learning how to do the splits. So this is, you know, taking a very, I don't know, light, positive, easy to brush off moment and saying, no, like there's actually a lot of intention and power in what just happened. And I want to be very thoughtful about how I move forward with it and how I hold space for it in my life. And that's my TikTok going viral story. And it's been surreal to watch. And also as, as just from a person using a cell phone being pulled into an algorithm perspective, I can imagine how overwhelming this might could feel. Um, but I just feel so anchored and rooted that it hasn't really thrown me off, which has been really cool. Am I checking my phone more often? Yes, because it's just crazy to see the numbers go up. But I'm also like very thoughtful of my priorities right now, which are to create. So I want to use this as a segue into the last piece of this puzzle, which I didn't talk about on the front end, but that feels really, really good right now. And someone asked this question in my DMs um, when I asked what I should talk about this week. And it was, how do we re-spark that artistic part of ourselves, our creativity? I have never been more creative than I am right now. I'm journaling every day like I have, but I'm finally seeing the words in my journal as like the art that I'm meant to create. I am finally like, I've learned this tool on Adobe Sketch on an iPad Pro that I can paint on my iPad and put my words on top of it. Uh, Morgan Harper Nichols is a Instagram creator who I adore. I adore so much. and I've always longed to be able to create art like she does. And she shared a tutorial on her page and I watched it and, and started learning how to do it. And it feels so incredible to finally feel like I can create the art that I've always wanted to create. And so every night I'm challenging myself to make a new piece. So today's piece is about light. And I say, she wonders about her light. Could it all truly be possible? Yes. And I wrote that the other night when I couldn't sleep alongside like 10 other words or phrases or couplets that I, I'm excited to create around. But the way that I've sparked my creativity is by giving myself permission to create. And what does giving ourselves permission to create look like? For me, it's been through committing to my routine, through saying body, mind, spirit, we are taking care of you, we are meditating, we are moving work, we are moving things along for you as well. And now that those boxes are checked, analytical mind, now I get to play. Now my inner child gets to come out and create. The mothering has been taken care of. I'm being a very good mother to myself with my routines and habits and making sure I'm nourished and eating nutrient-dense food and all these things, avoiding gluten and dairy and all of the good things. So now the kid gets to come out and make shit. And it's so, so deeply rewarding 
because I have this tendency, I have a strong analytical brain and I'm an artist. And so my analytical brain can be on overdrive, just like the rest of the world, when we're moving a mile a minute and saying, we got to do this tour, we got to do this, we got to build this program, we got to do all these things. Meanwhile, that artistic part of myself, that inner child inside of me is like, hey, when are you going to realize that I'm the creator? When are you going to realize that you have to value me in order for these other plans to even work properly? When are you going to realize that in order to create, you need to play, that you need to find levity, that you need to find joy, that you need to find that light in your everyday life? When are you going to realize that? Whew. And I did. I've realized it this last two weeks. I took the pressure off. I let myself lean into the fact that I was hungry to make things. And then I let myself make them. And so what I can offer to those of you wondering, how do I spark that creativity in myself? I'd offer this. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. Take care of your spirit in the ways that you can. As you do that, you will create space for the creative in you to be ready to make. And then when the inspiration hits, when the emotions come up, when the creator is ready, get to making. And a part of this, embedded in this, is your commitment to learning. Because the two things that have taken off for me right now, the art I'm creating on my iPad and videos on TikTok, they are happening because I was open to learning new skills during a hard time. So commit to learning right now. I'm also going to be, I'm working on a course on Coursera, a program around resilience, because I want to better understand the science and psychology behind resilience. So I'm focusing on learning and development as a human. And so learning a new artistic skill, learning a new platform, doing coursework with Coursera. Learning is such a big part of this process right now that we're going through and also of my daily habits. Because learning something new creates novelty in your days. So you might not be able to leave your physical four walls But when you commit yourself to learning a new skill, doing different coursework, maybe committing to a new certificate program or a new artistic endeavor, you're creating novelty in your day, which allows your brain to better process things and to feel like it's accomplishing and achieving things, lest we forget we are humans who have been hardwired for success and achievement. So let that part of yourself feel satisfied and teach yourself something new right now. So this was my meanderings of my mind today. We went from holding space for those who are in circumstances that are unfathomable, harder than we can imagine. Holding space for our own truths, our pain, what we can bear and what we can't. The importance of the daily habits and routines that we do our best to commit to, the little things we can do for ourselves in between 
the intensity and chaos of our lives as parents, as partners, as young people in households. And I'll also say here, someone asked me, how do we manage the chaos of family dynamics? And the focus must remain on yourself. Show up and do what you must for your family and figure out how do I set a hard boundary or create a way to show up better for myself right now. Because the more you are able to take care of you in this dynamic, the better you can show up for the intensity that is your actual day-to-day life with the humans you're interacting with. Sahad John Brown Girl Therapy did a beautiful thread about being in an immigrant household as a child during quarantine and how to take time for yourself. So if you want to check that out, check it out on Instagram. And finally, when we went from habits and routines, I shared my TikTok story and how self-care care and committing to ourselves is so vital right now. And we talked about art and how creating and holding space for the creators within us through our daily habits, through our daily commitments to being well, can allow us to feel like our playful, artistic, creative selves. And finally, the importance of learning new things right now and leaning into committing to learning a new artistic endeavor, committing to some new coursework or whatever new learning looks like for you. I'm going to end on just a joyful note. I am so happy today. I'm so happy I can be here with you. I hope you can channel some of my joy and maybe dance around your house, your apartment, wherever you are. Unleash some good vibes. And just know that this might happen for a long time. We might This might be normal for a while. But guess what? We just get to hang out more and have a good time and still be selective about who we're spending time with and how we're spending time with them in terms of the online world. Some of us might not be able to with our family around, but you're sure as hell never going to forget this time you all have together and it's going to be memorable one way or another. Try and make some good memories and routines with your families. Game night has been so fun for us. Dinner times are so sacred for us. And just being really intentional. Like, you, your energy is so much more powerful than you think it is. So even if you're showing up and you're alone in your house and you're showing up digitally in the world or not, like you can create waves in your household depending on who's around you, online depending on who is interacting with you, or just with yourself. If you can show up and tap into those routines and habits and lean into the routine and the simplicity of routine, it can help so much with unclouding your mind. And if this is our new normal, get out of bed. Make your bed. Do the things you need to do. Get to work. Create what you need to create. Grieve as it comes up. And keep showing up for your beautiful life. That's all for this week, my loves. Until next week. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow me, Komal, check me out on Instagram at K-O-M-A-L-M-I-N-H-A-S or the show at LessonsLearned.co. And if you have an idea of a lesson that we should dive into on the show, then slide into our DMs and submit there or on the website along with any guests you think I should interview and talk all of the things with. 
As always, I hope that you make some time for you this week and reflect on the lessons you're learning or have learned and take some time to celebrate all the incredible that is you. Until next time, guys. Bye.